Hello, witches. This is Kara Kovacs, and this is Business Witch. As a third-generation witch, at least, and a business and life coach for mission-driven entrepreneurs and leaders, I teach you how to make money and magic as liberatory practices. Because when we know, seek, and embrace our full potential, we create a better world for everyone. Here you'll find tools, conversations, spells, and inspiration that take you from waiting to creating so you can build the business and life you're oh so worthy and capable of having. Let's go. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Business Witch. Today, I wanted to give us the opportunity to talk about really what the benefit of one-on-one support is. And I don't mean in the like, you should invest in one-on-one support because it's going to take you to the top of the mountain as if somebody had catapulted you up there. Like the kind of rhetoric we like hear where it's like, invest and change your life, like change your life today, not yesterday. Like, I think all of that is really well meaning marketing language that has some basis in truth, but like nobody really breaks down. There's so much confusion and like illusion and mystery. Like, what does it mean to coach? Like when you meet people who are not familiar or who have preconceived notions that like maybe are off, you can shoot them this episode because I really want to break down one that we commonly hear this idea that coaches need coaches, which I think leads people to think that coaching is a pyramid scheme. Like you must hire a coach to break through to the next level of income accrual. (laughs) Like that that is the sort of vibe that we are sending out in the industry. And like, that's not what That's not what that statement means, but it's certainly perceived that way. And I think when you say one thing like over and over again and a bunch of different people are saying it and like using the same language, using soulmate clients, using sacred container, just like a lot of the the language where it's like repeated, it loses some of its ability to accurately describe what an experience is. It's like not personal anymore. It's void of nuance and complexity. And so I want to make this conversation more robust. Like, do coaches need coaches? And if so, why? And like, what actually is coaching used for from a business perspective? Because as somebody who's had a writing coach and a relationship coach and like all different kinds of spiritual healers and done a bunch of different certifications and programs, like I am the first one to say, like, I want to change something. I'm going to go hire a practitioner. I believe in the transformative power of this work. My life is a living, breathing example of it. Like every piece of furniture in my home was purchased from the income that I made in the coaching industry, studying from people who like had knowledge that I could not have acquired had I not invested. So I believe very profoundly in the transformative power of this work. And I am the example of the impact that it can have on your life, 110%. And that's not universally applicable for everybody. I do think there are times where it's actually not helpful to have a coach and like nobody is talking about that. And I also think because for more established coaches, recurrent revenue feels sort of like it's safe. It's like the closest you could get to having a paycheck, right? Like, so if you've been coaching somebody and you love them and you're coming up on a renewal conversation, it's like, 
oh, like I don't even need to find new clients right now. Like maybe they're just going to re-enroll. And I don't think there's like enough of a conversation about why re-enrolling is also valuable because of course, like I love my clients. I am a cancer moon. If I were to say an area of growth for me, it would be getting better at like the endings of containers and programs because I get legit sad. <laughs> I get, and I mean, I'm sure even if you're not a Cancer Moon, you might relate to this, but I get sad that like, I'm not gonna be touching base with them about what's happening in their businesses regularly and that I don't get to be like the support person in their life the way that I was with like all of that continuity and consistency and time and care and attention, like I get sad about that. I have a feeling that comes up every time I terminate with somebody. And like that is not a good enough reason for somebody to continue <laughs> to work with you and to really think strategically always, 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 our work is always about what is most in service to the person. Now, I'm the first person, again, always to be transparent about that, to be like, I think to not re-enroll is not the best business decision for you. Like, we have more work to do together. There is, like, more strategy here, more groundwork. Like, if you want to hit these targets and these projections by this time next year, like, this is what I see without you having support and this is what I see with you having support. Like, I'm always the first person to have those conversations. And... If the last year has taught me anything, it's that we don't need to sell people into that if that's not actually the vision that they have for their lives and for themselves. Because there are so many different ways to be a coach and to be a practitioner and to be of service to people. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking about my mom. Like, my mom hired her first business coach this year. Very proud of her. I also think I'm going to have her on the podcast because she's fucking cool and y'all should meet her. But she hired her first business coach this year after seeing like how much me working with a coach and building my own practice had been super supportive for me. And so she finally was like, I want to invest in building that infrastructure. She was running a profitable kind of like side business in addition to her work as a physical therapist assistant. For like the last eight years, my mom has been doing healing circles and Reiki ceremonies and classes and like has made consistent income. It's not enough income, you know, necessarily to replace a salary. But like for all intents and purposes, I see her business as being hugely successful in the sense that she is so authentic in how she channels magic. She's so impactful in the way in which she works with people. And she has a dedicated customer base of people who like love going to her for a very specific service. Guess I, this is a commercial for my mom. If you would like to book a reading with my mom, you can go to michelleberry.com. I will put her website link in the show notes. But yeah, when it came time to say like, okay, actually, if I didn't want to be a physical therapist assistant anymore, what is the infrastructure that I would need to build in order to be able to create that? Mom went and hired a coach, claps and snaps for mom. Like, what a badass decision to be like, you know what? Yeah, I do have consistent clients. I do love what I do. But like, this is never going to replace my salary unless I invest in building the infrastructure, right? And like, I've been telling her to do that for years. People need to come to that conclusion in their own time. And it's always so fun, right, on your end too, that you're like, yeah, I've thought about it, but it wasn't the right time. I didn't invest yet, you know? And then it's like, you get one person, 
who's telling you that story and you're like, why can't they see that now's the time? And it's like, because they don't want to and you didn't want to either six months ago. So just like let that person be on their journey. Maybe they'll come back. Maybe they won't. But like you can't convince people of something they don't want to sign up for. And once you try doing that, people get skeeved out and then they definitely run away. So how's this to say, like, one, I hope that this episode helps you in your own client acquisition process to really be reminded of like somebody saying no or not right now is not a reflection of how good you were at leading the enrollment call. Two, like, there is so much more going into it on the end of the other person that we forget about when we really want somebody to enroll with us. And that's super important to remember. And then three, like when you are more committed to what is actually in service to your people than you are to profit, it makes it counterintuitively easier to make a profit because then you're making a very authentic recommendation of next steps. It's like when you're telling someone you think that they should prioritize re-upping their contract, it's because you believe that to be true, not because you were excited that you were about to make like another hefty deposit into your bank account because you were anticipating a re-enrollment coming up, right? And we can never like expect that of people either. Like expecting them to re-up is a disservice to them, even if we think it would be valuable for our business. So first of all, do coaches need coaches? Uh Yes, <laughs> like doctors need doctors, therapists need therapists, like, yes, coaches need coaches, but do they universally need coaches 100% of the time? Like, what do we mean when we say that to people? Like, that is a more complex conversation. So I think what coaches need coaches actually means now having intentionally had breaks where I didn't have a coach, which before I thought like I couldn't even do and serve people ethically. And now I see how powerful it was to be like, actually, I'm going to go see a somatic therapist for three months and like work on some other things and think about like really tactically the next time I invest in a business coach, why am I investing? What is it that I'm seeking to get out of a person or out of a coaching container? Because the thing about do coaches need coaches is in the beginning, like, yes, absolutely, absolutely. A coaching certification is great for giving you professional confidence, for providing you an opportunity to practice with people. Like, I had to practice with 40 different people before I received my certification. So, I had coached all different kinds of people and talked about all different kinds of things. It taught me skills. Like, there are a lot of benefits to a coaching certification. But nothing teaches you more about being a coach than being on the receiving end of coaching in the kind of container that you are selling. So if you are selling somebody six months of one-on-one -on -one support and you have never invested in six months of one-on-one -on -one support, that's weird. <laughs> like, it, it's, it's just weird. Like, why do you think that somebody should want to buy that from you when you are hesitant if you're in your own story of like I don't know if I can afford that I don't know if it would be valuable for me I don't know if like now's the right time to invest I bet you all your fucking people are thinking the same thing like that is showing up all over your enrollment process because like you don't even see how it would be valuable for you to buy the thing that you're selling and being on the receiving end of the sales pitch and then going into your own mind drama about like Am I going to buy this right now? Should I wait to buy this? Let me like go to them with all of my objections. Like 
being on the receiving end of that is the best way to know how to guide somebody through it. Like I could teach you, I could tell you what I say when somebody says it to me, like I could give you conversation prompts, but like you're going to know what it feels like inside of your body. And that's the best way to have empathy and to be like, oh yeah, I totally get it. Like I was very afraid to invest at first too. Like let's talk about the fear, right? Because you felt it. So I think on the one hand, experience the services you're selling. That's important. <laughs> on the other hand, there are just things that being in the space with somebody who's like a little bit more experienced or a lot more experienced than you can help you learn and embody that you can't get out of taking a course. So when you're first working with clients, like the first time somebody doesn't pay an invoice, you might have a big drama spiral about that. Like, what do you say? What do you do? Like, what what now, right? And it's like having somebody who's been there, done that to go to is so invaluable, not even for just like your emotional support, but for handling those situations in a way that is going to make you feel like, okay, this is never going to be as hard as the first time that it happened ever again, because now I know what this looks like and I've built a procedure into my business for it. Other things like you host a workshop and like nobody comes, like how do you troubleshoot that? Going to a coach is going to be really invaluable for making sure that the next time the systems are more operationalized for somebody to actually know how to show up, actually know how to enroll. Money mindset stuff, like healing around your worthiness, like anything that you are coaching your people on that you have not gone there yourself, you cannot bring clients anywhere you haven't gone yourself. So going and really doing that work with a practitioner is the best way to learn how to be a guide for other people in doing that work. That's what we mean when we say coaches need coaches. And, you know, if you're a therapist, you have supervision in therapy, which is where you go once a week to a supervisor and you talk about your caseload with them so that they can give you some feedback about making sure that your client care and efficacy and standards are up to scruff. And like, again, when you are newer in business, having that perspective in a coaching container is just as valuable. It's the same kind of feedback that we're looking for making sure that like our gut instincts are on the money, that if we're coaching somebody who needs to be referred out for a different kinds of services, like maybe they need mental health support, that you have somebody that you can talk to about that. Now, the idea that like you need a coach in order to be successful is a misnomer. I know plenty of coaches who are doing very specific work, you know, like for example, if you're doing somatic therapy and trauma-informed care and you went and saw a somatic therapist for you know a couple of years and like you got really clear on your own healing like you invested in that kind of coaching and if you're putting out educational tools classes resources that help teach people that a business coach can absolutely help you operationalize that more quickly can help it become more successful more quickly but like you don't need a business coach in the long-term scaling of your vision or dream if you build that infrastructure into the back end of your company, right? Like you could go to somebody and do like a little check-in or do a six-month container. You don't constantly need to be supported. And I think that that is like a thing that doesn't get talked about in the coaching industry. Like this idea of like, okay, well, if you don't have support, like you probably need it. And it's like, no, when you've built a business model and you've done your work and you've done your healing and you have operations, like maybe your support is 
a COO, like a chief operating officer and like somebody who does your launches for you. Like you don't actually necessarily need a business mentor 100% of the time. And it is not in service to you or your business for your coach to be positioning themselves as if they are the answer to your scaling. Because sometimes the answer to your scaling is like hiring a contractor to help build better systems for you. And like a coach can't do that, like a graphic designer can do that, right? So having that kind of awareness as you step into your success of like, what am I actually investing in support for? What am I investing in support to solve? Who's best equipped to help me with that is a much more nuanced conversation. And that could be like a copywriter instead of a coach. That could be, again, a graphic designer instead of a coach. That could be a spiritual healer so that you can work on some worthiness stuff instead of a business coach. So just like looking at that, the the rhetoric of like, you need to keep buying in in order to keep growing, like that is not necessarily true. And I actually think that this can disempower people because it also sort of says that like the people who are in the higher end, they're selling more expensive containers, more expensive packages. They have some like magical secret that like, you need to buy in to find out. And like my intention with this podcast is to front load a lot of the value so that by the time anybody signs up to explore working with me, they are like pretty clear on how I work, what they get, why it's going to support them, all that kind of stuff. Like there is no illusion or like secrecy. I'm not like holding the keys to the fucking six-figure kingdom. Like and people talk like that, and that is creepy and culty. But again, I think that this is what they mean. Like the kind of mindset that you have to have to scale to your first 200K and then to the mid six finger range and the seven figure range requires a complete reevaluation of your systems and building them in a way that is actually effective. And that requires a mindset where there is inherent risk tolerance that most people come into the entrepreneurial space not necessarily naturally having and investing in somebody who has been there done that feels scary but it is often the first embodied experience you have of fronting the startup costs of running an operation of that size because whether it is like in your web design or your systems or how you're selling your courses or coaching or you run a fucking brick and mortar, like there are just startup costs in having a business. Like th this should not be that surprising or complicated, but I think because the coaching industry positions itself as like, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money to make a lot of money very quickly in the industry, make multi six figures in your first six months or whatever, people come into this thinking like they can buy a coaching certification one time and they should be able to build like some, skyrocketing private practice where they charge 10k for six months and then they get disheartened when like nobody's clicking the sign up link for their client form and it's like go learn how to actually coach people at that level now i was totally bought into this when i started too i was like oh yeah i thought i was going to be a therapist and they wanted to pay me like 50k a year and now i'm going to be a coach and i'm going to make 250 a year like hello, sign me up. And I think that there is also just a lot of language of like, build a profitable, thriving practice as a coach. And it's like, that that is possible. You can do that. But you're not going to do that from investing, you know, 10 to 15k in one certification and like not doing anything else. 
It requires so much more than that. And as well, it should, because if somebody is paying you, you know, 5K, 10K, 15K, 20K, however fucking much they're paying you, like they're entrusting in you not just their money, but also their dreams to get a certain kind of change and to be in commitment to creating that for people requires a certain mastery of skills that you cannot fast forward your way to get to I don't care what algorithm hack you figure out. So investing with somebody who can teach you that is so helpful, so foundational. Like it's like mentorship in any other career, like hire a mentor, learn from the mentor. They are going to save you so much time and money and whatever. And this idea of like, it's a business, of course, there are startup costs. Of course, like the website, the design, the photos, like there are startup costs. And if you're coming into this, like I'm going to do as little as humanly possible. I'm going to talk about it on Instagram with like some selfies I shot on my phone and I am not going to have a website and I'm not going to have a landing page and I'm not going to invest in learning how to do this from somebody else. Like your results are going to reflect that. Now you don't necessarily need like the most fancy integrations or the most like high tech website and software like you don't need all of that the startup costs for being a coach versus running a brick and mortar are comparatively much lower and like you can't offer people things that like you're not invested in also doing like how hypocritical is that but there are times when i don't think that coaches actually are even benefiting from hiring coaches and I did want to talk about that because I haven't heard anybody talk about that. So the main way I think it's like really actually unhelpful is when you develop such an over-reliance on your coach's opinion that you no longer even trust yourself. You're just like parroting off their, their ideologies. That's not grounded and rooted inside of you. It's not going to be passed along well. Like you have to really stand by and integrate what it is that you're saying. And so for me, when I was like, you know what, I don't really think I want to do this the way in which I've been doing it. I very intentionally did not have a coach for three, four months to like meditate and be quiet and be like, how do I want to sell this? And what do I want to sell? And what does it look like? And I knew I didn't want feedback about that because it would have changed my process and the impetus for even deciding to do that in the first place was because I was just like, oh, this is what the higher ups told me was the way to do the thing. And realizing like, actually, that's not congruent. That's not in alignment for me. So whenever you are trusting the practitioner over your own internal compass, and I think it's important to discern between like, my coach is pushing me to do something that I feel resistant to because this is actually getting in my way. And like my coach is pushing me to adopt a belief that they think is true, but it's not actually true for me. There's a difference between those two things. And especially when you're first starting out and I'm like, the way you put this offer together, nobody understands what it is. And you somehow wound up giving away like four free sessions to someone who was never going to become a client. And we need to look at like why you did that. Like <laughs> I have those kinds of conversations with clients all the time versus like, 
this is why I do my pricing this way and you should too. And then you being like, that doesn't feel like it's the way that I want to do pricing, but my coach told me to do it that way. So I'm going to do it that way. Really discerning between those two things, I think is a very important lesson to learn inside of your first container to be in conversation about with your coach to talk about what it looks like. I fucking love when my people disagree with me. It is so fun. It is so generative to have those kinds of conversations. And then to also decide, you know what, intentionally, like I am opting out of this because yes, there are startup costs associated with building a business, but we're all trying to build different kinds of businesses here. Like some people just want to replace their annual salary. It is not a high yielding investment for them to spend 25K a year on a coach to replace their annual salary. Maybe they spend it the first year to build the infrastructure for what replacing their annual salary will look like. And then once they've built that, they don't have a desire to scale. They no longer need your services in that way, right? Whereas like maybe you start with someone and you spend a year building the infrastructure for their business and they're like, okay, I want to scale to the next like income bracket and I want to diversify my offer structure and I want to build the infrastructure for this to be even bigger and you're at your renewal like, yeah, I want to help you build that. I see how it would be really invaluable for me to, as somebody who already knows the inner workings of your business and you and how you like to work, to partner with you in the creation of that. So you being clear on what kind of business you want to create and why you want to create it and trusting that within yourself and then contracting the support of a service provider whose literal job is to help you achieve that goal is what coaching should be used for. Not to guru-fy or deify someone as if they know better or more than you because they've created what you perceive to be a higher level of success than you. Like, yes, it is always helpful to be like the least successful or the lowest earner in a room. Like that is the benefit of joining a group coaching program is really seeing like, oh, wow, multi-six-figure business owners think about social media this way. They think about investing this way. They think about systems this way. They think about emails this way. Like, you really can't learn that without seeing how it's done. And if that's where you want to go and you don't want to go beyond that and you cultivate mastery, like maybe what you want to spend money on instead is like outsourcing some of your system stuff so that you can spend more time with your kids. Like you're not necessarily trying to get to like the next phase of growth all of the time. That being said, I think always having a coach on retainer, if you like the emotional support and you like having the accountability and you like having someone to bounce ideas off of can be super invaluable, especially when you like love the person that you're working with. But just be clear on it. Be clear on it in yourself, not based on industry standards, not based on somebody saying coaches need coaches to you, not based on like what you thought based on what somebody said to you that you're not even sure you fully agreed with, but you thought that they knew better. Like you have to make your decisions for yourself. And the second that a coach is positioning themselves as like making a decision for you and you don't know how to trust yourself they're not leading you towards self-trust and like my job as a guide is to help you get the results that you want but also empower you to trust yourself so it's a manipulative sales tactic when someone is like oh, I can see like all these fucking holes in what you're doing you like obviously need me versus the vision that I see for us working together versus you without support is this like is that something that you strategically 
want to use to get where you're going. Like that's what business coaching is for. I also think it is not particularly helpful when you're investing in somebody because they promise that they could help you get somewhere, but they are talking about results that like 1% of their people get. Like there are so many people being like scale to 80K months, scale to 100K months. And it's like, are the majority of the people leaving your program getting that result? Or did like three people who already had pretty great systems running and like a large community following them, like did they get that result and they wrote you a testimonial and you don't mind the false advertising that you're doing? Because <laughs> like that's happening a lot, you guys. And I think people are getting kind of tired of it. Like people are making much more discerning purchasing decisions as well they should. Like ask people what percentage of your like client roster last year reached those goals. Like somebody who is in integrity is going to be able to tell you the answer to that question. And so the way that I wanna end this episode is just thinking about how to use coaching like a business owner, like how to think about investing in coaching like a boss. Coaching is not something that you're like, oh, like I don't know if I can afford it. like. Is it going to work for me? I say that knowing that 90% of people going into enrollment calls, like that's their story. Like that is not what coaching is for. Coaching is an investment for you to create a change that you want to have in your life. The pricing is not dramatic. It is oftentimes less than the value of the results that you get if you are working with someone who is in integrity and actually providing the results that they stand by in the advertising of their containers because like so much of the work that we do is invaluable. Like I could not have paid my relationship coach enough money for me to not have the kind of like, you know, weekend ruining, like endless tears, like the, like I had such bad anxious attachment, you guys. And I'm not saying like, I don't still need a lot of attention and <laughs> reinforcement, but I'm not like, waiting to get a text message so I can go to sleep anymore like th that you can't put a dollar amount of value on that so like the transformation is fucking priceless the pricing is not dramatic it's just the price and if you are somebody who is looking for a specific result transformation way of being integration healing opportunity etc like if you are looking for that go make a discerning purchasing decision like do your research ask them what percentage of their clients do get results like what do they see as possible in your work together and make that investment from the headspace of empowerment like you are investing to get something that you are deeply seeking and needing and that that will likely be invaluable and that that's why you chose to do it. It was not about how much it cost or creating some like life-changing results in a an amount of time that seems, you know, like it like the coaching equivalent of a hydroxy cut ad. It's like take this pill for 20 days and you lose 40 pounds and it's like that sounds unhealthy or like a lie. Like that's what a lot of coach pitching sounds like. And so when you are, you know, talking to somebody who really loves this work and can stand by the work that they do, I can give you realistic expectations about what you can anticipate from your work together. Like 
don't make the decision based on whether or not you can afford it. Make the decision based on whether or not you really, really want to create those results in your life. Like that's the empowered place to make the decision from. And I hope that this also serves you in speaking to objections with your own clients, because the more you trust your ability to deliver on results and to like hold up that mirror of empowerment for people, the easier it is to sell a thing. And so with that all being said, I do have space on my one-on-one roster right now for very serious business owners who want to scale to multi-six figures and are intentionally entrusting me with an investment so that they can create that in their businesses. And you can inquire about that. I'll drop the link to inquire in the show notes. And I'd love to hear questions about this. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on shifting the way that you look at investments. And I'd also just love to shout out like those of you who made it to this part of the episode, because I know my mom listens to the podcast. I know my friends listen to the podcast. Shout out friends. But like this was a specific episode. It was specifically for service providers and coaches. Like I don't actually expect you know, my friends who listen to this because they like astrology to get to the end of this episode. And I let that be a lesson for y'all as well. It's like, it's not for people. It's not for, it's not your job to convince people to want something that they don't actually want. Even if they have the money, even if you see the potential for them, it's only for who it's for. It's for the person who is looking to make a change in their life at this time. Those people are you don't have to convince them of anything. You just have to share with them what doing it with you looks like. And then they get to decide that it's a clear yes for them. And then if you're speaking to objections, you're just holding and serving them. You're not forcing them to see something that they never wanted to see. So I love y'all. Thanks for making it to the end of this episode of Business Witch.